A few decades ago Jan Cavell started her own businesses from the kitchen table to a multi-million. At present Jan spends more of her quality time to write and share about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship from all around the globe. Jan speaks and shares about scaling businesses, mindset, sales and marketing, and more in addition to her own journey. For more in detail about Jan book, past podcasts, and media inquiries visit https colon slash slash www.jankavel.co.uk Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is Trevor Carter. I am back again with another episode. We do have another guest with us. And they do keep coming because we've got stories for you, ladies and gentlemen. We want to entertain you and let you know it is always impossible, impossible to possible in this time that we're living in. And I hope you all been feeling good and all been looking after yourself and your family and your health. And today we have a wonderful guest with us today who's going to be sharing us a very empowering, life-transforming story that I know everyone today will be listening to will be certainly taking your pen and paper to take down some notes on a wonderful guest who's with us. So before I mention her name, I'm going to let my guest tell her name and introduce herself. Uh, So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Trevor. I'm Jan Cavell and I'm UK based most of the time and certainly currently and I have a very long career as a business person and entrepreneur mostly micro businesses and one that I scaled up uh, as a a, well that story I will tell you in a minute in a minute I was thinking I won't launch straight into it but uh, so I did that I'm now a retired and turned into a full-time entrepreneurship writer and author with a book coming out so, uh, in about two weeks time so that's me now but yes I would love to tell, to tell you my, my story and also to hopefully talk a little bit because I used to do a lot of campaigning to encourage people to start businesses and I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that and how important I think it is right now. Jan, it's a start, good starting point for this morning podcast because uh, there's a lot of questions flying out there with people actually looking at what can I do and how do I start my own businesses with the situation going on with people job losses, which they've relied on as a paycheck and paycheck. But with you, Jan, um, your secret, I would call it, is the actual idea of setting up your own business. Was it something you always wanted to do in your family line or... Was it something just came out the blue and said, I'm going to start my own business? (laughs) Uh, It was something that came from, I don't want to work for other people more than I want to start a business. I didn't know anything at all about starting businesses. I mean, and I mean that absolutely, literally. And I didn't really even consciously think I'm starting businesses. I just thought I will do things myself that I can sell and get some money from and that'll stop me having to get a job. So that is how I started. And that's the first point I'd make to anybody listening. You know, you really can, if you're determined enough, start from that little knowledge and still go on and do it. Right. That's interesting because um, it does take a lot of willingness to see yourself to say, okay, I'm going to set my business up and leave my job. What would the real motivation behind it all for you to go down that road? 
Well, literally in the first place, it was just, you know, getting some money in and avoiding taking a proper job, which I had to from time to time, but a lot of the time I could avoid it by doing odd things myself in the way of selling all sorts of things from sandwiches onwards. Later on, it became a whole different ball game because I had to start a business. Well, I chose to start a business, I should say, because I was a single mom and absolutely flat broke. I was on income support, which I'm sure a lot of you will be in a similar situation. And, you know, your back's up against the wall and you think, you know, how am I ever going to get out of this? Can I ever get out of this? Or is, is this how life's going to be? And partly because I hadn't really paid enough credit to get full income support anyway, and partly because I wanted desperately to get out of it uh, and build more for the children, I thought the only way forward is to build my own business up and get a bigger business than I'd ever, ever had and earn more money than I had previously and grow what I, I regularly still refer to as a proper business which I certainly don't think I ever had in the same way before. But I started, and, and this is, you know, in many ways, a useful story for anybody in the situation now, because I started from home because there was nowhere I could have afforded childcare. Mm -hmm. And so I had the kids with me and they were small and not, you know, they got used actually to, to me working you know, kids are, kids are adaptable and they come to accept it. And we sort of traded off hours where I was working and hours where I would do jollies with them. But I was at home with them. And so my options were very limited. So it came down to selling something that I could do from home with kids. And that in those days meant telephone selling. And I decided on products because I, if I sell products, it was just easier uh, to do so than services and less involving. Uh, and I was living in the country, so with more lack of logic and lack of knowledge than anything, I thought, well, you know, there's lots of craftsmen out in the country, so I must be able to get lots of things to sell. And so I started selling bits and pieces to interior designers and furniture, which I'd known a little bit about from my ex-husband. Um, but I mean a little bit about. Right. And, but, but I sold. And, you know, I started off and I had literally a shelf under the stairs, which was where, what consisted of my office. I had a fax phone because it was way pre-computers computers or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And a card index box. And, you know, that was all I could afford. And when I got my gyro check on the Thursday or whatever it was, I would buy Yellow Pages directory. Wow. And out of it, just one, because that was all I could afford. And, uh, you know, get names. And I slowly built up the whole of United Kingdom over a very long time. Mm -hmm. But starting with what I was under the delusion would be the most useful areas mm -hmm. and getting target names from that. Wow. So that is literally how I started a business. Wow. It sounds like you were starting to set up another Amazon company, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> because the, the power of this, uh, Jan, is you said you started right in your kitchen. Now, most people thinking 
oh, I need to go and buy an office, I need to rent an office, I need to go out there and set this up. That's the mentality some people do have mm. in terms of starting a business. But you started in your kitchen, single parents, you have your children around you. What was the secret of doing it in the kitchen? <laughs> well, I mean, the secret was there was absolutely zero other option. I didn't have any capital. You know, so it was just a question of not paying anything out at all because I needed every penny for us to live on. And so, you know, apart from a phone bill, I didn't pay anything out at all. Uh, you know, right. it had to be like that and that was all. But, you know, if something has to be and you're determined enough, you make it work. Absolutely. And this is the reason why we have you on the interview, Jan, because it's about building a scale in your business from when you start and how to get it to where you want to. But here's the power of it. There may be a lot of single parents out there right now. Um, as you know, cuts in benefits, uh, universal credit, they're cutting on that. Um, shops can't be open, but people can't work. And I interviewed somebody last week from the United States in the same situation as yourself. Single parent with four to five kids. And she's able to do her own business. For you, Jan, what kind of mindset does it take for somebody to be doing it in the kitchen, build your business and scaling it? What was going on through your mind at that time? In truth, I didn't have anything like a very fixed plan. You know, I didn't know enough about business to do a very fixed plan. And, and I wasn't trying to borrow money, so I didn't need one. Um, nobody would have lent me any anyway. Right. Uh, you know, so it was just a question of, I mean, my, everything I applied when I first started in business is a very, very simple form. You know, if I sell more, I will have a bit more money. So the idea is if I work harder and talk to more people and do a good job, I will sell more and that will be better for us. Mm -hmm. um, and But that works, you know, um, it is as simple as that is what it comes down to. Right, right. But when you start, it, you know, if you sell one thing, you're better off than when you sold nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So how do you manage to organize yourself with your children around you in the kitchen? Because I think people have this fear factor. Oh, my goodness, I've got my kids running around me. How am I going to organize? What time do I have to get up? Tell us a little bit of your process in terms of scaling the business. How would you be able to organize things? Well, to, to, to get that started with the kids, you know, I mentioned earlier that it was a sort of trade-off situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, they were quite young. They were about, I guess, about eight and five. And they very quickly understood when they're at home, obviously, sometimes they're at school or preschool. Yeah. And, you know, they very quickly understood that mummy works in the morning and, you know, we, we have to play. And unless there's a crisis, you know, we shut up. And then in the afternoon, that was their time. And, you know, so equally I'd have the other side of the coin was, you know, what on earth if there was a crisis or what about the afternoons as far as the clients would go? So, you know, I mean, I bluffed it the whole way through. I mean, I had a message on my answer phone saying, I'm so sorry, I'm in a, in a meeting right now. You know, I was, I was meeting my children, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, and just occasionally if they really kicked off and, you know, the house went crazy with yells and screams and things i'd put my hand over the microphone and say oh i'm terribly terribly sorry i've got an urgent call coming in from the states right. and you know hang up and it worked nobody ever said oh, i heard your kids in the background and, I, and actually i think people are a lot more forgiving about it now anyway right right 
And also, when we interview people on, especially in the business entrepreneur world, people tend to find that, uh, oh, I'm going to need support from my family or somebody around you. Were you getting support at that time? No, or, or absolutely not? zero. Wow. So were people aware of what you were doing, your family or friends that you were setting up your own business and running it? I mean, I had, sorry, I had a couple of friends, <clears throat> you know, but um, I my closest friends at that point were farmers and they were always hectic running their farm, you know. I mean, everybody has their own problems, you know what it's like. Right. Um, so, so now on the whole, it was, it was down to me. Right, okay. So tell us a little bit about how long did it, how long did it go on with the business you started until it began to scale and grow? Well, it sort of evolved very, very, I mean, to you, you're talking seriously organically because um, I'm, there I was, I was doing this furniture for interior designers and very quickly it came to the fact that they were asking for furniture that was lacquered mm. and sprayed. And all these lovely people in farm buildings all around the countryside, you know, we're used to making traditional oak furniture and things, not, uh, you know, um, very modern stuff. So, so there was going to be an issue on that. And a friend uh, who, who was supportive in fairness sp sprayed in the same friends, in, in well, different friends, but once I was just talking about my, my farmer friends lent us a corner of their barn, one of their barns. Right. And the other friend would spray bits and pieces. And, and so, you know, that was my venture into manufacturing. Right. Um, was, was this chum with one spray gun, which was a huge investment. My goodness me, it took us a while to save up for that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so that went on. And, you know, very slowly it grew. I mean, that, that became a small farm building of our own. That we, you know, we moved out of the barn and that became two people finishing stuff. And eventually it became, you know, making as well because there were problems there. And, you know, then all of a sudden it kept on growing and there was over 40 of us, you know, and it was just crazy. Right, right. So the scaling of the business, there have to be some kind of feasibility to keep it growing in terms of employing people, investments, partnership. Were any of that involved while you were scaling? Yeah, <clears throat> there was a lot of it involved. And because I was ignorant and because I didn't plan and planning you know planning so uh, not so necessary if you're going to just puddle along at you know a fairly small size you know you can do that if you're going to scale you have to really start to learn how to do it and you have to strategize and plan mm -hmm. you may you may or may not have to get finance it depends on the business mm -hmm. but you certainly are going to need top people on your team and all sorts of expensive things right. and you can't do it you can't just go on past a certain pitch i mean you can go on for a long while so we're talking at least a million plus you know right. after that point you can muddle through but after that you're gonna have to approach it completely differently right. and the sooner you decide that you know not like me who just modeled their way into it. Right. But the sooner you actually decide to set it up right, if, if that's what you want to do, you know, not everybody wants to 
build a whacking great business you know they just want to make a living and i'm as big a champion of micro businesses and small ones as i am of anything because i you know i think they're absolutely necessary they're a wonderful way to have a life and freedom and you know be able to support yourself when there aren't any jobs around and and you know just absolutely hugely vital so it doesn't have to be scale isn't always good it can be good but it's not always good right right now when you grow something up from your scratch like you have in your kitchen and with your children around you it's your little baby and obviously taking on other people and having somebody else come involved there is I mean, I speak to entrepreneurs and they say there's a little doubt about, oh my goodness, I'm employing this person in my business. I don't know what they're thinking. They might able to come in and affect my business and I'm going to have to start from scratch again and fix things. Was there any doubt at that time when you started to scale, recruit and work and network with other people? Because people tend to think, oh, business and that's it. You're not going to have any problems. I know. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely solid problems. I didn't have any problems with team initially when we were still very small, because what tends to quite often happen is you know each other very well and everybody knows what's going on. And, you know, it's moderately easy to get a nice vibe going. When it grew much bigger, then that's a whole different ball game. And, and yeah, then I find it really difficult. Right. Um, but, but no, it's it's okay when it's small, right? <laughs> Which was most most people will prefer to keep it small and keep it more manageable than extend it to a degree where you're having to recruit a lot of people, a lot of people mm. involved. Uh, especially when you look at it, John, you was on your own. You started from your own, so you're used to that format. Um, but you mentioned multiple businesses. What kind of businesses were you? When you the other businesses I'd used to have were mostly on my own. Occasionally, I did something with a chum, um, you know, or somebody I'd met in passing, and you know, we sort of sat and had a drink together, and I barely knew them, and we thought that something would be a good idea. But right. mostly, it was on my own, and I just, you know, did things that, like I say, brought in an income mostly. Right, right. Would that at that time when you were doing, were there a lot of affiliate programs around where you could? By a company, no, there weren't brand. in those days. Um, you know, it was, it was, I mean, it was in, in some ways there were less opportunities, in other ways it was easier because everything was a lot simpler. Right. You know, I mean, it, admittedly, now you don't have to set up as a business straight away. You know, you don't even have to register for self employed, absolutely straight away, I don't think. Right. Um, so it's, it's much quicker than it used to be. Right. You know, but you just used to be able to, you know, rock up at the post office and pay some stamp, and that was about it. I think in those days, I can't really remember, but there certainly wasn't a lot of paperwork to it. Right, and it, right. it's, it's much harder now. But, you know, you can start small. I mean, you know, these wonderful platforms like Etsy, eBay, all of that lot, you know, right. are very good for starting very small. I know, I know the government is desperately wanting everybody to declare anything they do on that but right. it's fairly simple to keep a record of you know selling five things on ebay right, right. um you know and it has to be actually proven to be profitable or you know, uh, and then with business intent rather than your old jumper you know right, so right. um you know th- th- those are good because they give you this feel of being able to sell something for a profit you know buying something in cheaper and selling it for more and that's where you start a business 
Right, right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Jan with us talking about a business from the kitchen that has made a lot of difference in her life, in her career, to building her business to where she is. Now, here's a question, ladies and gentlemen. Is it possible to set up your own business in the pandemic? Well, we're going to continue with this interview to find out from our wonderful guest, Jan, what the possibilities are. Well, Jan, um, it's a very informative interview, this, because... Um, you're giving people actually practical ideas of how you can set up your own business. Because right now there's a lot of information out there about how to set up your own business. People get lost and confused. So what I want to ask you, John, is starting your own business for the sake of our listeners, what kind of mindset must that individual have to start their own business? I think what you need to concentrate on is that you've got nothing to lose. I mean, if you haven't actually put any money in or barely any, you know, if you bought one thing for a fiver and, you know, and you're aiming to sell it for seven quid, you know, the loss is not going to be phenomenal. It's not going to really, really ruin your life. It might be, it might be sore, you know, even, you know, in these very tough times, but, you know, it's six months time. It's not going to really change things. Mm -hmm. So, providing you keep the amounts very small, you have got absolutely nothing to lose. And I think it's really important to keep things simple, to keep focused on profit, mm -hmm. you know, and if you only make a pound, you're still a pound better off than you were before. Mm -hmm. I think there's this huge thing of uh, overwhelm because of the amount of information out there, and it overcomplicates things for a lot of people and it scares people. And I think it's very important to keep it simple at first, particularly if you feel like that, because otherwise you don't start. And, you know, that's a shame because you could look back in a year's time and think, why on earth didn't I? Mm. You know, it's it, there's nothing worse than regret. It's one of those things. Right. So I think there's all that. And I think the worst of all is, is that we all feel we can't do it. Mm -hmm. And we have these voices in our heads that come from... Our childhood usually, be it from parents or friends or schools or whatever, who tell us we're no good at something that we've absorbed. And we play this tape over and over again in our head and decide we're no good and we can't do these things. And we all think it's just us. And successful people obviously don't think like that. But actually, you know, that goes on to be what's called imposter syndrome. And an awful lot of business people have dreadful bad imposter syndrome. They think actually they shouldn't be successful because they're not good enough. Right. It's quite normal to feel scared and that you can't do it. But if you want to badly enough, you know, get on the net, get on your phone, whatever, and find out the next step, just one step and at a time. Right. And that's how to do it. Right, okay. Now here's a question you probably might hear today and you've heard before. I want to start my own business, but what type of business? And everybody seems to be scrambling to try to find the type of business. From your experience, Jan, what would you say in this time and age is what type of business would you recommend or does it really matter what type of business? I mean, we are terribly restricted at the moment, let's face it. You know, there's an awful lot of sectors that are out and, you know, nobody in their right minds would start up a business, you know, unless they've got lots of money and a very good plan and knew exactly what they were doing in, in all sorts mm -hmm. of sectors. 
so uh, I think it is difficult. I think uh, you've got to be looking at certainly some part of your business being online, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. And that scares people too, because they think they can't do the tech. And I know a lot of people who've had businesses offline and you know don't want to go online. It's not what they do and they're not techie. But in truth, you know, we're all going to have to get more techie, particularly after all this. And and te- I promise you, I am not good with tech. So, you know, I am conscious of this as, as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the the pandemic has really speeded tech up and, and there's just going to be more and more of it in our lives and we have to get our heads around it. So, you know, if we've got to suffer getting our heads around it, we might as well make a profit out of it. Right. <laughs> That's very true because um, it answers the question because the fact is uh, the, the conflict for people is how do I operate the business? What type of business? Oh my goodness, do I have to go online to do this now? And I don't want to go online, but if I try online, the shops are not open. But today, John, could you give us an idea of your progress in the development to this day as an entrepreneur on the changes for you and the benefits? Well, I mean, I'm in, in a lovely position now, I, I'm, for which I apologise to everybody, but I, I was in business for a very long time. So I'm not, not, not in business as such anymore. So <clears throat> what I do um, is I write all the time and I talk to entrepreneurs all the time, which, which means that strangely enough, I'm, you know, considering my age and the fact I'm not in business, I do have a very good up-to-date picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that is one of the reasons why I, I say, you know, you, that we've all got to get our heads around tech. You know, um, a lot of countries are investing huge amounts in upskilling, particularly young people. Mm-hmm. with tech skills because that's you know they're going to have to have them and problem solving skills and mm-hmm. critical thinking skills mm-hmm. you know the old-fashioned skills are going out the window right so you know it's worth using that time but most of us have these mental blocks of i can't do mm-hmm. and that's what stops us learning things like tech right you know whereas if if we just gently get some amount of skill of going online and playing around Mm -hmm. then you can start typing in the bar at the top how do i do x and start learning you know again it's as simple as that you know you add one little bit of extra knowledge per day you know you improve right right so at the present moment then john would you say i'm correct to say that you are supporting individuals by people contacting you getting some ideas of business is kind of a coaching kind of thing is that right i'm i'm not doing an official i mean i am actually an accredited coach but i'm not doing it uh, as a living as such i'm involved very much with my book coming out in in a couple of weeks time so i'm doing a lot of marketing for that if i'm doing sort of official work but um the rest of the time you know i i'm doing what i've always done as well actually nearly all my career which is is encourage people um if i can you know speaking about going into business or growing businesses and doing anything I can to to encourage other entrepreneurs but just just because I believe in it and I you know if you help one person this year it's a good thing to do right you mentioned about your book uh, without 
being a bit too pushy on your book. It's not out there at the moment. No copyright out there at the moment. I don't want to go against that. But um, what motivated you to write the, the book? What started it? My own experiences of finding scaling up, you know, sort of from the multi-million but small multi-millions to, to any larger, to a, to a proper large, huge business. You know, it's such a hard thing to do. And I thought it was just me, but actually the more I learned about it, the more I now learned that it's a stage for more businesses go than any other, or, or, or they scale back or, you know, and become lifestyle businesses or small businesses again or whatever. They just, the majority of businesses can't cross that threshold. And so I, I set out to find, with time on my hands, I set out to find, you know, the answers to that. Why on earth is it so hard? Yeah. And then put it, uh, you know, I, I've written for a long time for business publications. And so I thought, right, I, I want to not only find out for my benefit, but, but actually put it together in a book to benefit other people. Right. What so that book is targeting mostly small businesses, entrepreneurs and professionals across the board or specific? I hope it would. I mean, it will certainly help anybody in, in a small business because while ostensibly it's written for people with, you know, who are scaling businesses or, or planning to scale businesses, a lot of the business rules in it about selling or marketing or whatever are hugely useful to a business owner of absolutely any size. Yeah. And the other half of that is because I didn't feel I had enough expertise at that level mm -hmm. for a book. Um, you know, I could manage a, a lower level, if you like, but, yeah. but it was getting out of hand for me. So I involved some amazing entrepreneurs um, right across the globe. And they've all made contributions and also told their stories in it. And, uh, you know, if you like inspiring stories, just to, just as a read and to think, my goodness, because an awful lot of them had horrendous starts in life. Right. You know, right. it's 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 oddly enough quite common with entrepreneurs. And again, if you if you're listening and thinking, I can't do this, not because of my life and where I am. Actually, you know, there's something about having had it a bit tough that means we've got that extra bit of I'm going to damn well survive. And, right. and that's the best thing possible as an entrepreneur. Right. You know, it gives you that push. Right, right. Now, before... So, you know, you get that picture very strongly, I think, from the stories in the book, and, and it should inspire, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, there's a, there's a reason for writing that book, and I think it's all about your knowledge in that book which at least it can help one or two to three people, which is a bonus for you. Because you know it's going to help somebody. Um, but what I want to finally ask is, what's the most important thing that surprised you about you from where you came from to where you are? You're now writing a book. What surprised you about you, Jan? Well, oddly enough, probably the, the fact that I'm doing this book, because I dreamt, if, if I dreamt of anything as, as a child, I dreamt of being a writer, because I was, I was a big reader. Um, and so, you know, that seemed to be the absolute um, wonderful thing to be, but I didn't do well enough at school. Um, to go to university and study journalism, which is what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I 
nowhere near good enough, I might add. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it sort of went out the window a bit. I'd do the odd competition in a, in a magazine and things like that. But it was only later on when I had a business and I started writing for business magazines out of fun, right, you right. know, that the writing came back into my life. But, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, I, I, four years ago when I stopped having businesses of my own, I was thinking, you know, what do I do now? Is it knitting for me? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, a few years on, I'm finding I, I'm doing something I've dreamt of for all these years and combining it with, mm -hmm. you know, talking to entrepreneurs who I find absolutely riveting and fascinating anyway, and right. hopefully helping people along the way. I mean, I'm just in a dream job, you know, and I never thought at my age where I'd be as in a dream job. Right, right. Well, most people are not aware of it that when you look at the life track of some of the CEOs and entrepreneurs and millionaires, majority of them didn't have no qualifications. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, it's very high. I mean, I think, and, and as for college, I mean, I think it's something like 85% of entrepreneurs didn't go, didn't go to college. It's extraordinarily high. Absolutely. And the reason why I brought that out, because we still have communication with people saying, Oh, I need to go to university. I need to get a degree to set my business up. But the evidence is, Jan, your book is to show people if you believe in yourself and you have an idea and keep it simple, you've all got a business. I don't even think you, uh, you, you have to fully and truly in your heart believe in yourself. You've just got to be determined enough not to listen to that voice till you actually get there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, and also, Jan, what can I say? This has been an, a very full, full to the brim um, interview with you and, and very inspiring as well, inspiring to people out there who are looking and struggling at the moment, looking for a business opportunity. And I'm sure our listeners would have got something out of this. So, but Jan, uh, do you have any uh, social media or contact details? I do. I'm pretty easy to find on social media because I am just Jan Cavell. Uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and then um, with I think it's ad writer right. on uh, Facebook and with Instagram it's ad scale for success which is the name for the book but right. there are not too many of us Jan Cavell's around so you shouldn't have much trouble and right. I'm jancavell.co.uk on the website co.uk right. is the important bit thank you so much indeed and for a final ending Jack what would you like to say to everybody out there as a final saying? Don't be afraid to go for your dreams. Mm. Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't be afraid to go for your dreams. Dreams are dreams, but they are real if you put action into it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you to Jan. What a interview. And I'm sure every one of you will be listening there. Please do get in touch. If Try and get in touch with her. Ask some questions build a relationship with her and get some information. I'm looking forward to hearing, to have you on our show. I, from Jan to you, to me, to get you on our show to talk about your business. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed, Jan. Thank you for your time. And we wish you all the best for the rest of the year and what you do. So thank, thank you, you very Trevor. much for your time.